can't hand you a business plan, but we can make you business wise. So sit back and learn to make stacks with the octopus of enterprise. Hi, Diana here. And yes, once again, you find me at the deck. Like a lot of businesses, we at NTU Enterprise have been away from the office for nearly two years. And I must admit, although beautiful, the deck that is, I'm still adjusting myself to being back. Which got me thinking, how has that definition of an office changed from pre to post pandemic? And that's when I came across a fantastic article written by Adam Bird discussing exactly that. So I decided to invite him on the podcast to chat more about his experience of how he now approaches and uses an office space. And this is what he had to say. So today we're looking into the uses of office spaces pre and post pandemic, discussing what office space means to you, how office space can help or possibly even hinder an entrepreneurial process, as well as investigating what's to come in the future for businesses and the way they work. And who better to discuss this with than Adam Bird, CEO and co-founder of Chronify. Welcome, Adam. Welcome to the Octopus of Enterprise. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you. Great. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful autumn day. So yeah, that's always cheery. It is indeed. It's one of those kind of crisp days that I really like. Yes. Which is rather wonderful. And also it's quite special today because you're my solo guest and it's really great to be able to have a whole episode dedicated to this topic, which I was reading an article by you, which was all about using office space pre and post pandemic. And that's where this episode came from. So to have you all to myself today is very, <laughs> very kind. So I suppose we need to start off by going, what do we mean by office space? And has the definition of what that is changed from before we went into the weird world and, and now afterwards? What do you think? I don't think for us, the what office space is has changed. I think the emphasis has changed and so it's certainly the office space for us pre-pandemic was a kind of space where a number of people essentially worked full-time it provided an environment for them mm -hmm. to deliver work we had a number of members of the team already that were working remotely predominantly remotely but we always had we certainly at the time that the team was smaller anyway uh, we had the kind of view that everyone should meet everyone on their team once a week have proper face time and everyone should meet everyone in the company once a month oh and okay so, we kind of brought everyone, did that quite, um, uh, perhaps aggressive is the wrong word, assertive, maybe a better word. Uh, and that, that was the, the way we were operating because we were you know, a far smaller team and it was important for us that we could recruit from wherever, but we were close enough that we could actually have that, that real FaceTime that, and that, that collaboration opportunity. So the office spaces were, were there designed to kind of almost support everyone to come in on a periodic basis. And I think really what happened in the pandemic for us is, of course, everyone was working remotely. Yeah. And that was a relatively easy transition for us uh, because you know, we were set up for, if you like, kind of asynchronous working. The idea is that you can't necessarily just go and disturb someone at their desk if their desk is 100 miles away. Comes, Quite. <laughs> that's a challenge. Uh, it's bold, uh, but uh, I, guess te I guess technically you could do it. But anyway, um, so 
we were already already kind of set up for kind of collaborating and using kind of asynchronous messaging and asynchronous services for storing information. So that transition was easy. But then it's like, how do we go back? And kind of what what influence does that have in terms of the way people collaborate, the way people work, and almost how assertive should we be as an organisation in kind of almost forcing people back together? But I think the idea that it was normal remote working is an absolute fallacy. And I think this okay. is one of the things that I, I think I, I, I struggle with, where there's a lot of you know, people on the internet, as there are, saying, that's it, the office is dead. It's like, mm. no more, we've proven. And people are like, no, no, this is horrible. I can't, I can't do this. I cannot, you know, I, I'm doing this because I have to. This is not a long-term solution because of the environment I've got, because of how I work, because of who I am and the way I interact with the rest of the world. And so my, my concern with being too dogmatic about everyone on the office, everyone not in the office, is it makes for a very, you're kind of basically slicing your workforce on, on kind of one dimension. And I get the feeling that Chronify was well set up. You said you already were using those asynchronous methods. So, you know, there Mm. were things and and there were other ways for people to connect apart from FaceTime. I think um, for for us, we were probably catching up with a lot of the tools that we were beginning to bring into our organization, you know, um, but but Microsoft Teams was something that we weren't working with regularly and, and you know, wrestling with that at the beginning to, to deliver our programs and work out how to do content online was quite difficult. I think a real positive to come out of the, the pandemic and the kind of the change in working environments is it's broken this um, kind of almost reliance on presenteeism. So I've got a management by, by vision. <laughs> Yeah, is no longer a thing. And yes, there are you, know, you hear these horror stories of organisations with kind of keyboard trackers and mouse trackers, and yeah, you've got to clock in oh, and blimey. clock out, and, <laughs> oh, yeah, and and it's all sorts of kind of. Then you that just drives all sorts of other anti patterns and behaviours. And so, the role that's being challenged the most are managers, and that management role, because suddenly you have to step up your management game immensely and think very much very clearly about communication and feedback and support in a way that you wouldn't necessarily have had to in a kind of an environment where everyone's everyone's co-located. I was going to say is that the difference between a kind of idea of management as a command and control rather than management with support and looking at outputs not just at the fact that somebody happens to be sitting at a desk all day? Yes and I think we as as a us personally as an organization have thought very clearly about how you behave at Chronify. So rather mm-hmm. than have values, we have principles. Uh, so my concern, my issue with values is you, know, you see so many organizations, our values are this and we put them on the wall and yeah. The issue I have with values is they're tied up with a level of judgment mm-hmm. because you have political values and religious values. Mm-hmm. And it, and so the idea is that if you're if if you don't have the same values as me then you're somehow lesser than me. It's kind of implicit in the language around values, whereas we focus more on principles because and, you know, whilst it may sound a little semantic, what, we've, what we want with our principles is how you behave at Chronify, how you make decisions at Chronify. And that way it's a, it's a kind of, it's a, it's a playbook if you like for doing your best work at Chronify. And what that means is that we are um, we're building that kind of trust and autonomy, you know, kind of built that ahead of 
people are having to change their work environment. Yeah. And and it, it, it what it has done is it kind of is forced us to, and when we do regularly anyway, but forced us to kind of reevaluate our principles and update our principles because it's like, well, actually in this, now they've got this kind of new way of working in this new environment, we've had to think about things in a different way and actually perhaps kind of amp up certain areas of principles or articulate something more. So for example, feedback is something that we felt was important to our organization, but was never really kind of articulated in our principles. And feedback is especially hard to give. Timely feedback is especially hard to give remotely. Yeah. You can't just sort of take someone to one side and give them some feedback there and then. And we have kind of various rules around feedback in terms of it, it being, you know, in, in someone's best interest, it has to be actionable. They have to listen to it, but they, but people don't necessarily have to accept it. Doing that over, say, something like Slack or, or Teams chat, it's, you, you've got to be in a really, really high trust environment to make sure these things aren't misinterpreted. And, you know, and, and we do still fall over that, where that kind of feedback that you want to give immediately, you've got to, it's very hard to craft that kind of feedback over a chat channel, because if it, especially if it's feedback around improving something, yeah, it's very easy for that to feel personal when you haven't got the person sitting the other 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 side and looking at you and judging uh, your body language and kind of almost adapting what they're saying based on how how someone's reacting. So, like I said, that management sort of like tool arsenal of just being able to see someone is no longer there. But we wanted to be able to give timely feedback as well. So leaning on the principles is for us that's the core to that management approach, and you know, presenteeism is something we've never really bought into, but it's, you know, we've all been brought up, certainly uh, more mature workers like, uh, like, like you and I, we've, this is kind of, yes. this is the history. The of work that. ethic yeah. of, you yeah. know, you are there and you are doing your job, therefore. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And so really the, the kind of reassessment of, of your principles is, mm. is something that, maybe that wouldn't have had the refresh at the time that it did. So that's a, that's a potential positive. Um, and, and in terms of what you were writing about in the article was you taking on space for where Chronify would be based and, and mm. how the whole pandemic changed that. I'd be interested to dig into that a bit because, you know, we've been in our new centre now for quite a few months and the way people are using the enterprise centre is possibly a bit different from how we might have anticipated it before. So I'd like to have a little bit of a uh, kind of chat around that. Sure. So we moved into an office um, in the lace market. So we were in a co-working space for a while and we also had a, uh, a co-working space in London as well. So a, a kind of a dedicated office um, mm-hmm. in, in London. And um, we were just growing out of it. It was time to get get some new space, and uh, so we, we we were lucky enough to get a kind of you know, a nice sort of top floor of one of the textile warehouses in the lace market. And it was just before Christmas 2019. Okay. Bought a load of IKEA desks and thought stick them in there and we'll just see you know it was kind of rattling around in there but I, I remember this from my previous company days you kind of you move into this big new space and you've got people <laughs> at all four corners and it's like how how are we ever going to fill this and before you know it, it it it's full so I thought we'll be fine let's let's not make any any hasty decisions we had some kind of ideas about what we wanted to do and then of course you know come come March and you know we got distracted didn't really do anything come March like okay then so we're not uh, we're not using that office then so we were always looking at the kind of office as a bit of a collaboration space, but I think what what our, our kind of realization and literally just the workers started this week on 
finally renovating the office okay and, and, and kind of making it into what we, we hope it's going to be and i think the things we've we've kind of we've decided to focus on are if you like the eating area we've decided to make a kind of bigger eating area wow okay. um, because when we're bringing people together periodically breaking bread together is a good thing to do it's yeah. a kind of it's, it's a way we a way people can build that social capital without kind of having to have a meeting or having to kind of, you know, I should be doing something else. No, I'm, I'm eating. I'm, I, I, I'm allowed to have lunch. It's okay. It's, it's enshrined in law. <laughs> so I, yes. And so it, it kind of gives people opportunity just to, just to hang out in a way that it's very difficult to do online. But if they've made the effort to come say the, the Nottingham office, or they made the effort to go to the London office, then having a space where people can, oh, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll grab a sandwich, I'll, and I'll come back and I'll eat, or I'll bring some food in, and I'll eat and I'll sit down with whoever else is in. Yeah. And work is, is a social activity. But again, this is where we're making a conscious decision as a, as an, as a company about who is going to be successful at our company. And so there are kind of remote first organisations, kind of, don't meet on a regular basis maybe meet once a year and they've made a conscious decision well we're gonna we're gonna make a successful company from just people who are, don't necessarily want to see each other all the time who don't necessarily want to have that social interaction which is which is fine you know that's kind of the way they want to work so it's, it's really funny though i i'm kind of going hmm but because maybe uh two years ago if you'd have said that to me about people who don't want to meet each other i probably would have gone what People don't want yes. social kind of time at work because I'm mm. I'm fairly gregarious, and yet I manage to do all of my job and probably some some more bits that we developed over the time of the eighteen months of the pandemic from that makeshift table squished behind the sofa in my mm. living room, and I suppose had to adjust my. I, I don't know if you can adjust your own personality, but adjust my way of being to be sort of, you know, in a room by myself most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, the coming back has been the joy of remembering what it is like, the energy in a room to deliver our first startup program in person as well as online. We did a blended one, but but to get that energy of people in a room rather than what I'm doing now, which is when I'm when I'm talking to you, you know, I'm 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 trying to look at the camera. I'm going into my kind of presenter, um, BBC presenter mode of looking at the lens of the camera because that's the only eye contact I can have with you. And I think it's an interesting one to go. You know, the personality type thing um, maybe has been turned on its head a bit because actually, you know, whether introverted, extroverted, gregarious or not, we've all had to cope with a very different way of, of being and then like adjust back to how we we work within spaces again. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, so we're kind of highlighting the different patterns of work and the different kind of way people work. And you're talking about office space as collaboration space and really building that in from the design now. Yes. So what else do you think that you're going to be doing in an office that's maybe different from what you thought you might be doing in the office before? Because your plans have changed having a big eating area. Mm. What else has changed? Well, I think one of the key things we've, we're, we're having to wrestle with and we're, we've given some thought to is supporting remote meetings yeah. from the office and when we are together in the office often we're often people are on the same meeting but there's kind of a 
a kind of rule almost that one remote, all remote when you have a meeting, because the, the okay. moment you have people in the same room and then one person remote, they're a, essentially a second class citizen as far as the meeting is concerned, because they don't benefit from the body language interaction, the kind of asides that you get. And so almost you need to handicap everyone the same in order to make everyone equal. Um, and so we're getting quite good at sort of tactical muting because you've got the person over the other side. <laughs> but from, what yes. that's, from, from a design perspective, what, what we're looking at doing is uh, we're putting in kind of shelf, kind of breaks between offices where we can have sort of plants and kind of soft sound of, uh, absorbent things, kind mm -hmm. of sound absorbent panels above the head. So we can actually make a more uh, a kind of a more relaxed environment that can cope with people being on Zoom calls, Teams calls in the office alongside. So they don't feel, oh, I've got a bunch of Zoom calls today. I best not go into the office. Because I think that's the, what I don't want is people kind of almost put off from going into the office if they feel that, well, actually most of the time I'm going to be remote, but actually they can go into the office, benefit from that and have some FaceTime with people. That's ideal. And I think that also is, I, I want to remove the barriers to come into the office as much as possible because I think, as I mentioned before, there are people for whom they're kind of, you know, the home environment is not set up yeah. for having, yeah, for doing work. And so, yes, they may be able to squeeze in a Monday and a Friday, like you say, in, in the desk squeezed behind the sofa or on the kitchen table or whatever. But if we if we truly want to be kind of an inclusive employer, we have to make sure that we can provide a, a space for, for people to work. And you know, it might be they're sharing childcare duties with their partner. And so they don't feel comfortable working from home with the children running around because they don't want to feel that the children have to keep quiet because I'm in the office. That's not that's not a nice yeah. environment to be in. So we should be able to give them an environment to, to come into work. So so really what we're thinking about is how can we remove as much of that friction as possible and much of that reason not to come into the office as possible, but make it the same. So everyone's kind of almost on equal footing. You can't deal with the commute. That's the one thing that was a bit of a challenge to come back yeah. to for me. Though, though again, I, I had the other problem of sometimes just sort of staying at my desk, squished behind the sofa, because I was there and I would go, right, yeah, I can do another half an hour, another three quarters an hour and bottom this thing before I finish. So hmm. there were some times when it worked against me, I think. Yeah, and I think that the commute is a really interesting one because, you know, you perhaps lost time for reading or listening to podcasts or just that general activity and I think that's you kind of realized it with, you know, with, with step trackers and things you realize oh, I haven't actually been out of the house today you know mm. I've got like you know I'm up to 500 steps and it's five o'clock in the afternoon it's like that that's a problem for my, my 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 general health anyway so I think there's yeah but I do think there's a kind of there's a hurdle to get over as well and this is what I kind of alluded to this earlier I think there's a there's a decision as an employer we have to make is at what point do we pull or do we push yes people yeah. into, into into coming in and so part of what we're doing is making it an attractive place to work where people can work as effectively as if they were remote or effectively as, as if they're in the office I think there's also a, a, an element of you know, I think one thing we are we are putting in is a podcasting studio oh wow into the office because it's it's all very well. So for example, I've got a quite a nice setup, a nice, nice sound setup here, but I haven't got that when I'm traveling and I haven't got that when I'm in the office. And especially with marketing, we want to record kind of product videos, demos, we want to do webinars. Let's just build somewhere that has all of the tech there that, that anyone could possibly need. We can go super high end on everything. 
and there's a reason that okay fine, i've got to go and do some podcast recording i'll go into the office it's in it, there's a kind of also a draw into the office we might be do coming that. down there me and henry actually <laughs> sounds fantastic <laughs> um, but also i think trying to encourage kind of normalize coming into the office is is really important when it comes to like we talked about kind of that feedback conversation it's quite mm -hmm. hard to do remotely yeah but also there are times when you're talking to the team about you know more sensitive issues you know kind of their personal development perhaps they they've got some some challenges they want to kind of share which that kind of conversation is super hard to do kind of remotely either through video or not and so you want to do that and so having a meeting room with a closing door is actually a valuable thing so you can genuinely have a private conversation you're not kind of skulking in the corner of a coffee shop somewhere mm. or you know or, or kind of walking around a park trying to kind of you know not be heard you can come in into a, a, a professional environment and have a, 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 a sensible conversation the challenge i think we're facing now is that the commute is that barrier oh i can't be you know i can't bother there's no point i i, I can do fine from home and you kind of it's easy to forget the good stuff you get from being in the office yeah and i think what, what i've tried to do is remember that um the commute actually can be part of my leisure time because if i'm not driving which i'm not i'm either on a tram or on a bus then i can do my duolingo language practice which is something that i picked up during lockdown of starting to learn spanish again and going to spanish classes <laughs> Muy bien. I'm French and Dutch, but yes. Oh, right. we, can't, we can't have this section of the podcast in in the Spanish language or, or in French or Dutch because we don't know each other's languages that we're learning. Otherwise, that would have been an interesting direction to go in. Uh, and also, I can tell you what my, my rhinoceros has orange clogs, but that's about as far as I can go. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know that in Spanish. Maybe that's one that I've got to learn. It's really a really useful phrase. Um, Absolutely. Producer Henry is, of course, asking whether you had a load of quizzes during lockdown and um, <laughs> whether whether that was a feature, because it seems to be like the whole world was doing quizzes at one point. And is that something that you're retaining in your lovely new office? Uh, well, yes, we are having a Christmas quiz this year. It will be remote. But oh. we actually had our first all hands in person uh, Tuesday this week. So we did that in London. We've got team members in France and Spain as well as uh, across the UK. And it was, you know, for many people, it was the first opportunity to, to meet, to find yes, out how tall yeah. everyone is. Oh, uh, yes, that's, that, that was this sort of, oh, my goodness, Diana, I didn't realise how tall you were. We're a, yeah. we're a couple of the people who've been recruited during the time yes. of the pandemic that had never seen me apart from, you know, from the waist up kind of, well, not even from the waist up, from the neck yeah. up, probably most of well, the time. We are, and we have spent the last two years living in the metaverse. You know, we're, yes. we are uh, 2D representations of ourselves. You know, you can't see how messy the room is behind me or underneath me because I'm I'm choosing to give you the, the professional persona, <laughs> the, uh, my professional avatar. Um, so yeah, and so that that was, yeah, that was a, a, a great opportunity just to kind of build those, to explore I have to ask, are you wearing your slippers, Adam? I am actually wearing slippers. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but I suppose we've we've talked around what it was like when we were all working remotely, what it's like coming back a bit. Can we project a bit into the future? Where where are we going with all of this? I mean, how how is it going to pan out? Do you think? I mean, you did you kind of you talked a little bit about that in your article, but you're a bit of a distance from that now. You've had your first everybody in um what's it feeling like to you for us i think it's the new year when it really kicks off assuming 
nothing changes environmentally. Because yeah. um, listen, the, the work started on the office on Monday, so essentially the office is now out of action until until January anyway. So it's like, okay, fine, we'll just kind of bimble along. We'll, we, should, we still have the office in London. We'll kind of meet there or kind of uh, meet up otherwise. So I I, I anticipate uh, that we'll be we'll start to develop a kind of pattern of coming into the office mm-hmm. two to three days a week, and I'll be uh, be that in Nottingham, be that in London. And there'll be kind of a regular sort of, if you like, cadence of the whole teams coming together probably once a month, uh, especially where teams are perhaps or maybe bi-monthly if, uh, say, team, team members are in different countries. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's getting to that point where people, so like I say, I talked about kind of removing friction because I want people to think, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll commute two or three days a week because it, I get I can I can conceive of the other benefits. I, they're not necessarily direct, tangible benefits, but that kind of intangible intangible benefit of just being around and knowing that so and so likes his coffee in a certain way, and you yeah. know, and uh, and actually, uh, you know, so and so wears crazy jumpers, and actually in real life, not just at home, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, those kind of things build that capital but and but especially as we will we'll be bringing on a load more people next year as well and especially with more junior people i think there's a real element of kind of them learning how to work that's super hard to do remotely you learn by watching and you know you kind of imbibe the working culture and learn how to do all the little things like what's reasonable you know about you know going out coming in topping up the printer with paper and maybe we're all having to relearn some of those things anyway oh. having not done them for so long i mean yes. even just the fact that you know when you when you go off to make a drink you kind of go oh yeah there's other people that i can ask if they want one as well now and, and <laughs> yeah, you know like yes, yes. i can actually make a round of teas or coffees and yes, I, and it's been I, so I'm, long since i've done that that i've forgotten like when somebody goes oh yeah i'll have one as well <laughs> i've been absolutely guilty of that so i i've got, got it uh, uh, my wife for christmas 2019 bought me a travel aeropress which is which is great but i of course i didn't i stopped i was used to travel loads and i haven't really traveled at all since but i still i kind of use it so i've got into my coffee in a certain way at a certain oh, time of day mm. so when in the office i oh i'll take my aeropress in and then realize Oh yeah, actually, this is a bit. This is yeah. a bit. It's selfish. I, I should put a pot on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So we're all learning to um, to be with other people again um, yeah. in a way that is working for us and for others. I'm sure there's some managers out there or folks out there struggling with this of how you do navigate. Uh, you know, whether you're in the office, whether you're not in the office, how you manage that process. Have you got any kind of top tips or things that over the last few months you've learned particularly with you starting to get your workforce back together again and creating this new office i I generally think it's about maintaining a dialogue and having a kind of an open honest dialogue with the team the home is in competition with the office as a a viable place of doing work yeah and there are good points of both but like that eight i say yeah maintaining that agency of choice but also building that trust where you can say well actually no i think what i want to do is i want to try us coming to the office two or three days a week and let us reflect on it periodically and see whether it's working see what's not working and rather than saying oh no it doesn't work because it's the office i want to be at home it's like what could we change about the office to make it work 
perfect point to end on I think thank you so much Adam it's been really fascinating to have an insight into Chronify and and your working methods before during and now post pandemic uh, lots of lots of takeaways from that I think um, but obviously not takeaway coffee because you're like the ones <laughs> from the press um, thank Absolutely. you so much for listening everyone I'm Diana Pasek Atkinson and you've been listening to the Octopus of Enterprise bye <laughs>